Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, Olympic coach, head Olympic coach, and head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Today, we're sitting down with Bob Bowman. Bob, how's it going? Going great. Thanks for having me. to go by what's popular in the news right now i was gonna ask you i was gonna start this with one thing but now i have to ask you about another thing david popovich breaks the world record in the hunter yeah. freestyle 46 86 just went 142 97 200 freestyle uh in mm-hmm. the finals at the european championships so just from your perspective as a coach who's who's worked with incredible 200 freestylers you worked with michael obviously mm-hmm. michael phelps you worked with yannick um mm-hmm. and to see date what david has done this weekend um what do you make of his stroke what do you think works so well for david that he's able to have this incredible speed but also carry it over 200 meters it was as we just saw well he has a beautiful stroke obviously um and I'm glad he went 142 because I told Michael last night at dinner he's going to go 142. And I was like, based on his 100, I figured he'd go 42 something. Um, he's an amazing swimmer, right? He's built like a long course swimmer, big, lanky. You know, I think he's going to grow and get stronger. Um, he's has an ex- excellent kick, which is absolutely mandatory for somebody who's going to do 200 meters and 100 meters and an ability to pace, right? The thing I love most about his 100 is 24 1 coming home, right? Only 22-7 going out. He didn't win the start. He was way back on the start, actually, right? But he comes off that wall, and his velocity, the first 15, is amazing, uh, you know, coming back on the second 50. So he knows how to pace and use his energy, and I think that's what makes a great 200 freestyler as well. So he knows how to not only go for a race, but go for it in a way so that he uses his energy effectively over the entire distance. Do you feel like there is something to be said for not only his age, but his musculature and his physicality right now as a 17 year old versus maybe uh, a a more matured male who is swimming that event, who has more muscle? Um, I mean, can you compare and contrast that? Because again, you've worked with elite level freestylers who were elite at a very young age. He reminds me, um, you know, of Michael at a very young age because uh, they were built similarly, right? Really skinny little guys. And I'm going to say he's a little guy, but you know what I mean? He said it himself. I'm a skinny legend, right? Is that, you know, so they're generating speed by reducing drag, right? Which is the best way to do it anyway, not to just power through it. So um, I feel like as he matures, he can add strength to what he's doing, but he'll still need to keep that sort of shape in the water to you know maximize his ability but it's exciting to watch and he has a great mindset haven't been around him much but i have a little bit at the meets i've met him a couple times and uh you know he just has an amazing uh way that he approaches things mentally you can tell just observing him that he doesn't go over the top of you know he doesn't get really fired up i mean he's fired up but it's not visible right he's he's intense but not tense i love to see that in a swimmer I remember the first time I talked to him and I was pretty floored at his 
yeah, just his maturity. Um, I think he was 15 when I, (laughs) the first time I talked to him, I was just like, you're 15, you know, you're talking to me like someone in college or, or, you know, just, Mm -hmm. uh, he was very mature and you could tell his, his mental game was, was there. Um, exactly. So yeah, I had to get your perspective on that because 142, (laughs) nine, uh, you know, we've only seen that twice and that was 13 years ago. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the reason, the reason, or one of the reasons I called you at least right. Reagan Smith announces yeah. she's going pro she's moving to ASU to train with you. Um, yeah. Can you give us some insight as to just your relationship with Reagan leading up to this decision and ultimately uh, what led up to it for you? Right. Um, I had no relationship with Reagan leading up to this decision. Zero. I mean, we were on the Olympic team last summer and I maybe said, you know, good swim or good morning, you know, kind of that, that was literally it. Like we didn't really know each other at all. Um, so it was kind of surprising when this whole thing started a little bit for me, uh, you know, so when they reached out, you know, because of her position at Stanford and trying to, you know, certainly respect everything that went all, you know, everybody involved in that, uh, it was quite a long process of, uh, NCA, ASU, Stanford compliance to even get to a point where Reagan and I spoke. That was probably a month worth of stuff before we even ever had contact. Then we did have a, a an in-depth conversation, right? But very in-depth. Um, and in, during that conversation, it was clear to me that she was based, she was going to make a change, right? She had decided that she needed something different. And I think the distinction here is difference, not necessarily better, right? You know what I mean? It, it's not like she wasn't saying, wow, Stanford just, I can't, I've got to leave here. She's like, I just think I, there's a something else I need, right? And this happens quite a bit. And if you coach long enough, it's going to happen. It's happened to me many times. Swimmers come and they leave. Um, more have left me than come. So I'm experienced, very experienced in this, but, uh, Every time it happens, it's usually for a reason and a good reason. You know, when when you look back on it, you know, when you're going through it, it's very difficult and emotional. And, you know, you think, what could we do better? And that's always a good thing to think about what you could do better. But I think in hindsight, people going where they feel like they'll do the best is a good thing, you know. And in the long run, more people will come and more people will go. You know, as coaches we're the constant in this equation, right? You know, nobody I coached 30 years ago is still going. (laughs) New swimmers come, new swimmers go. I'm here. Volunteers come and go, right? The official, you know, all of these things are sort of transitory, but the coaches are kind of the one constant. So you're going to have to learn how to deal with this if you're going to coach. But back to Reagan. So we had a talk and I just basically explained what we do, right? And I had spoken with Mike Prado. I'm good friends with him. So I kind of have a good feel for what they do in training, um, did there. And, you know, he had talked to Reagan and felt like what we would do might be a good fit. So, you know, that was sort of the genesis of our conversation. And once we had that conversation, you know, uh, I just basically spelled out what we do. Um, There would be an option for her to come here if she wanted to and felt like that was right. But she and Greg needed to work that part out. So that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so after that conversation, um, what do you feel like Reagan will gain from being at Arizona State or what do you feel like you can add 
or what is that something different that you can yeah. provide to her training? Well, I think there are a couple of things. Number one, she's going to take school off the table, right? So that's one thing. I think Reagan realizes that she's at a place in her life that is, you know, a window of time where she can achieve some things in this sport. And she's going to set school aside and just focus on that. So there's that part of it, which I think, you know, see how it works. But usually they're motivated. It can work. Um, I think that sort of the way that we arrange our practices will be somewhat better for her. You know, she's a 200 butterfly. We do pretty well with that. Two backs should follow from there. You know, um, I haven't had a lot of backstrokers, but I think that's because I haven't had a lot of backstrokers. You know, this it's just whoever's there, right? You're, oh, you can coach backstroke now. Well, no, not really. They're swimming it. Well, maybe I can a little bit. Um, so I think that would be good. I think one of the things that people might misconstrue true about our program is that, you know, our volume, I feel is moderate, right? It's not 10,000. I mean, I don't know, Dylan Gravely goes 10,000, right? And he begs to go more. We just give him 10,000. But, uh, you know, we probably go seven, but the intensity of, the, intensity of it's very high. Um, we could go 7,000 in an hour and a half. And, and if we do go eight, which I've done a few times this year, not many, but it's in an hour and 40 minutes. You know, we're done. We don't spend a lot of time training. I don't train for two and a half hours ever. I, I, if you go over two hours, I think you're just not being efficient. But that's my personal belief. Um, so I think that's kind of what she was craving was the, the work that's sort of intense, not a lot of rest. We don't spend any time on the wall. You know, if my, the, the biggest complaint I get from my guys is like, what? We got one minute between sets. I'm like, well, I wish it was 30 seconds. But yeah, you get a minute because that's where the clock kind of came so we keep it moving and i think that was one of the things she was really looking for yeah interesting uh yeah. so thank you for that clarification i think <laughs> sure. that is kind of a mis <laughs> cons Everything's a huge mileage right i definitely do 10 400s but if we do it it's in the context of probably practices an hour and a half long because the intervals are relatively short you know and then there are sure. some days where we go hundreds on eight minutes so it's it's <laughs> I, I don't think the extremes on any side are really good, right? You want to kind of be in the middle somewhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you touched on it, uh, but, you know, Reagan moves to, a, to, to yeah. Bob Bowen and everyone's like, she's going to be a tuner flyer now, which obviously she's already has great tuner yeah. fly, right, won an Olympic right. medal in the event. <laughs> um, but do you, do you, you know, I, Mel tells this story all the time and so i have to bring it up he's like <laughs> one day he was he was talking to you and he was like bob if you were training me mel stewart for the tuner fly how what would you have done and you said you would have trained him like a foreigner freestyler yeah. so are, are there going to be certain emphasis events in her training um for from your perspective you know are you going to train yeah. her like a foreigner freestyler or are you going to train her like a 200 butterfly or what i think she's the world record going, holder like? in 200 back we should not forget <laughs> that 203 exactly right? it's, 203 it's and i haven't even discussed this with her but what i plan to do is kind of what we did with zach pody right we went 44 one in 100 backyards on the days where the other guys would do threshold work freestyle he just did the same sets backstroke so she'll be doing some of that not like for a ton but one day a week she might be able to go a 3,000 set of backstroke, sometimes on short rest, but at varying intensities, you know, 
And I think that would be something that would fill the part of her being a 400 preseller, right? It, it would kind of work in that way. I'm not sure she needs to go a lot of long distance free. I don't think that's in the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Which I, yeah. To, I mean, to me makes sense at least. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then uh, in the, in the spectrum of this ASU pro group, obviously Reagan, Reagan announced and then Chase Kalish, Jay Litherland, Sierra Schmidt, they all are like, hey, we're joining the party too. That was um, completely unplanned, by the way. <laughs> it was not, I know it looks like it was, I was like, I, I literally saw that the press release, I didn't know Reagan was going to announce that day. I knew a press release was going to come out and it came out. So I was like, okay. And then I looked on Instagram and Chase had his up. And then it, it just kind of kept going from there. So it was like, yeah, I, I allow them to just do that on their own. Sure. And, yeah. Which makes sense. But that, that was funny to see. It was like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, one after the other, after the other. <laughs> um, so, you know, you last year, you were operating with this relatively smaller pro group. You had yeah, Kaylee, yeah, yeah. Olivia Smaliga, Ryan Held. Um, mm-hmm. And so with this bigger pro group, will that change the look of, of the day-to-day operations and training of ASU I for you? I don't think it's going to change it too much because they're going to be folded into some some groups, right? There will be some separate time that they are, and there'll be times when they're with other groups. So it's not just going to be me. It's going to be Herbie. It's going to be Rachel. It's going to be Logan, Derek. All of them at some point are going to be part of this because one of the things that I have learned the hard way twice. I did it one year in Michigan. I did it my first year here. It is impossible to do a pro group completely separate from a college team. So you have to be able to have the whole thing work together. And to do that, you got to get these NC2A waivers and we've got them. All this stuff works, right? But, you know, you can't do college practice two, you know, hour and a half, pro practice two hours, college practice two hours, pro practice after. I mean, you can, but you're just it takes five years off your life in one year. You're just, and, and somebody's always suffering, right? You're like, well, which one am I just going to kind of do? And which one am I going to really get going in? So we want to have them in the environment, number one, because I think it helps the college team to be around them clearly, right? To raise the level of what we're doing. And number two, it's better for them to have the competition and have coaches who are fresh enough to make it happen, you know, to pay attention. Yeah. The so obviously you have relationships with some of these swimmers and then yeah. maybe maybe not so much as others. So what I mean specifically, you said it, you know, you want your college swimmers to see how they operate, to be able to race them, but what do you feel like these swimmers in particular of, of Chase, Jay, and Sierra will be bringing to that group? Well, you know, Chase and Sierra are obviously NBAC alums, so we know them from way back. So they know the system. They know what we like to do, the style of training. Chase has been pretty successful with it. So, you know, we chase on a daily basis. will challenge Leo in practice, which is important. Keep him honest. You know, that, that's very, very important. Um, Jay, same thing. You know, I've worked with Jay over the years at Olympic team, national team, training camps, you know, altitude, that kind of stuff. So Jay will come in and, and be – a person who shows these guys how to consistently work. He's all the Georgia kids. You know, we speak the same language. Jack and I did this for years and years and years. Um, so I think that's important. Sierra, much the same. You know, Sierra's a distance swimmer, so she'll spend a lot of time in our distance group, hopefully raising the level, particularly with some women distance swimmers we have that I think need to learn what it's like to consistently, you know, swim at a level in practice. So that's what they'll bring, yeah. 
Yeah. Jack Bowerly obviously retired this year. Um, I, I just from a, from a, um, glance, it seems like, you know, that might be the reason Chase and Jay are making yeah. a, a change. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about that relationship you and Jack had? Cause it always oh, seemed yeah. like you, you guys had a great rapport. You had athletes kind of coming back and forth in terms of mm-hmm. some would go to a training camp and then y- you would coach them or Jack would coach your swimmers. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, our relationship started way back when I was in at Michigan, uh, 2004. Uh, and we kind of got to know each other in the Olympics in 2000 that around that whole time. Right. Um, so 2004, I started going to altitude in Colorado Springs and Jack asked to send some people with me. He'd be like, could we have any, and back then it was like Peter Verhoff, Carolyn Joyce, you know, it's like, it goes way back. We actually, this summer at a, a camp, Chase was up there for the world camp, right. You know, to get ready for worlds. And we were up there. And we put a list up of all the Georgia swimmers who had been to one of my altitude camps, and it was 28 people. It was ridiculous. Uh, you know, Mark Miller, Billy Krieger. It just goes on and on and on. And they're all great. They, they fit right into what we're doing. They train the strokes. They were hard work. They're, you'll never meet more polite kids. So Jack and I, you know, did that. Obviously, we shared when I was club coach, Senna Allison, Chase, you know, Annie Zoo. I had several swimmers go to Georgia and and do quite well. So uh, we have that too, but we're great friends and we speak the same language. I go back to the story uh, before trials. Um, Jack would, it, it happened like two or three times, which is crazy, right? Jack would say, hey, what are you doing this morning? This is what I've got. And he would send me a picture of his practice or, or no, it was the day before. He'd say, this is what we're going to do tomorrow morning. Uh, here's what we're going to, what I'm thinking. And it would be what we were doing. It would be the exact same thing. I'm like, well, I can't help you here because we're on the same page. Maybe we ought to call Troy or something. I don't know and figure out what to do. Like it was, uh, it was crazy because Jack and I are very similar in the way we arrange a training week. And then some of the sets we like to do, we like 400 IM. So those things go together. That's, that's pretty wild Uh, (laughs) to have it happen more than once. (laughs) Oh yeah. Definitely more than once. Wow. Um, so yeah, that, that's always something that was like kind of fun to hear about just like, Oh, these Georgia kids are going up and and Bowman will be (laughs) at that altitude camp. But, uh, that's, it's super cool to see that pipeline continue now, even with his retirement. It's it's decades long now, right? It's like a historical (laughs) thing. Crazy. Seriously. Um, okay. So keeping it in the IM realm, um, I, I want to talk about Leon and the summer he had um, yeah. after coming off of his short course season off his NCAAs where it kind of comically enough, you know, he broke this uh, longstanding record in the 200 IM and then the 400 IM, he went really, really fast, but someone else got that record. Right. Um, so when you see a short course performance like that, yeah, obviously it's easy to see him having success in long course. But coming off of NCAAs, what did you do to ensure that that was carried over? Right. Well, first, I'll tell you, you get a laugh out of this. I, I, if there was one thing I was sure of in my life in the past year is that Leon was going to win the 400 IM at NCAAs. 
that was it. I was like, I don't think he's got speed 100%. enough for a 200. Bobby can't do <laughs> breath he's got fly. It. He is 100% <laughs> winning that for you. So there's a good life lesson, folks. You actually have to swim and, and do it, you know. And he can't. The best part about Leon is he came up after, and very similar to Michael, he had already got critiqued. He was like, I didn't take it out. And I'm like, no, you didn't. That was it. That was all we needed to know. You, you got to go for it, right? You can't just wait around for somebody to like be with you. You have to take the race out. But anyway, that was a good lesson for everyone and expectation. But uh, what we did was, you know, he adapted very well to our program in the fall. I felt like, right. And I was very careful um, in how we approached it. And, you know, one of the things that kind of ties into what we talked about earlier, um, Yannick, right. I learned so much from training Yannick, particularly after he left, because I had to go back and look at what we did and what I might do differently. And I used all of those lessons with Leon because frankly, culturally French swimmers are a little bit different than Americans. Right. And I was always just, so what I did was I made everything um, certainly challenging, but if he met the challenge, I didn't immediately raise it to the next level. I let him kind of stay there for a little bit, and then I would raise it. You know, you kind of get – swimmers like Yannick and Michael, they're like machines sometimes. You'll give them something ridiculous, and they'll do it, and you're like, okay, well, let's do this. <laughs> and, and some of them can take it, and some of them – even Michael would like, you know, at some point he would like, you know – get cranky and not do it mainly because I was just pushing it so hard. So with Leon, I wanted to make sure it was balanced and, you know, we, we did all the strokes and we gave him enough that he would improve, but not so much that he would go over the edge. And I thought that worked quite well. And you saw he swam pretty well unshaved in our invite. I think it was three thirty nine or no, what did he get? He went faster than that. 38. Um, but, uh, you know, we then went into the NC2A and Pac-12s did not really give him any rest for Pac-12s, you know, and then because he was already qualified, and then we just sort of focused on NCAs, and that was successful. Uh, but he had to qualify for the Worlds the week after NC2As in San Antonio. So that was a challenge in itself, so we kind of made that happen. But what that did do was he was then ready to just focus on Worlds. And he, we decided he would not take a break. He was going to take a longer break at the end of the summer, which he's doing, like, it finishing up right now. Um, so we just went right back into training. And so he didn't really take any backward steps. And he trained very, very well for that month. Um, went to the camp in Canet. I went with him this time. The French were very kind to invite me to Canet. And I was like, beach in south of France? Yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. So we went. And he trained uh, beautifully there, uh, as well as any summer I've ever trained. Like, you know, you kind of have your plan and you set it up and you wonder if it's right. And he was just so good on every part of it until here's another life lesson coaches. Like I would call home and talk to like my assistant Logan or Rachel, her would be like, you know, when I was doing really well, gave him this set, his heart rates were this, his lactate was perfect. We did a test. Everything was right. We were going to go to Budapest on Tuesday and on Monday, I gave him the last little kind of threshold set that he would do. Right. And it's like a slam dunk. You know, it's going to be perfect because it's just easy. It's not that hard. He struggled through the whole thing and his heart rates were like terrible. And he was clearly shook up by, and I was like, okay. Uh, I, was, uh, I had to like, be, I was like, 
I think it'll just be fine. You're a little dehydrated. Have some electrolytes, right? I came up with that. And he did. He's like, oh, okay. So he did. And then he just moved right along. By the time we got to Budapest, it was fine. But they never are good all the way through, coaches and swimmers. So know that. There's going to be some time where it's just for whatever reason, it's not there. And you just have to kind of not bank on the fact that it's going to be perfect. I think I did a pretty good job of faking it. Maybe not back in my room when I was like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? But, you know, on the deck, I think it was okay. But that's kind of how he did it. Then he got to Worlds. And just the last three or four days, you could tell he was there. He was mentally ready. And you saw what he did. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh yeah. We saw what he did. Um, were, so were you there in Budapest? And if so, what, what, what yeah, what I was capacity? with the French team. I was on the okay. French team. Yeah. Oui. All right. L'équipe de France. <laughs> Je suis français. <laughs> what, yeah. What was different about Obviously you've been on a lot of team USA teams. What was it like being on that team, team France? And um, I don't know if you were focusing on a lot of athletes or just Lyon. Well, I had Haley, right? You know, so, you know, right. trying to keep her going, <laughs> keep that thing going. and did pretty well. She had a decent meeting. Um, So the, actually, the odd thing was I told him I would go with the French team. And um, it was great because the team is really small. There were like 20 swimmers, 21 swimmers. I think USA team, what, 52? You know, it's a big team. So it's just a different dynamic. I would say the French were always asking me, so – what is, what's the difference between USA and this? I'm like, really, it's just the size of it. You guys are doing kind of the same things. Their management was good. The hotel, you know, Jocko does a great job. He's managing the team really well. And I think you're going to see some good results from them. Um, but when I got to the camp, they're like, we have four or five swimmers who want to work with you in the camp and at Worlds. And I was like, that seems a little strange, but hey, I'm up for it. So I did have some people that I was working with on the French team. Antoine Vicarat, uh, the great kid, breaststroker. Some of the women, you know, were with us. And um, so we had a little group that Leon trained with, which was very good. And I got to kind of get to know them and really get to know everybody on the French team and really get my French up to speed because I went back to Paris for three weeks after. So it was good for me to kind of, you know, get that dialed in. Um so it was just a great experience, but I was basically there to, you know, help Leon get it done. And it was nice to, nice to see. Uh, so at the meet itself, mm-hmm. what did you think of that 400 IM? What do you, what do you make of I that? I was actually surprised. I thought he'd go 406 and I'd be super happy with that. Mm-hmm. I was like, he'd probably go 406. And then it was just after that first 50 of breaths, you're like, holy you know, 33-8, I was like, okay, it's on, right? Here he goes. And uh, couldn't quite hang on in the free to get Michael, but, you know, that's a big jump from what he'd been doing in freestyle. So that would be the next challenge. Yeah. How how do you challenge him <laughs> to, <laughs> to make that extra half second now? I think, honestly, freestyle, he can improve quite a bit. He has some technical issues in the freestyle. I mean, he's very good in short course free because he kicks all of it, right? most of it, right? He kicks to 15, takes a few strokes and flips, and he can hold his breath. But he's got to learn how to hold on to water a little better, particularly with his right arm. He slips a little bit. You can kind of see that when he gets going. He's a very good kicker, but he'll tend to just get really flat, something you never see Popovici or Michael do right there. Always their body's moving. Um, Leon will kind of flatten out when he tries to kick really hard. So there's some things that he can definitely do to improve that. And we're going to work on that 
quite a bit this year because that's the next area for opportunity for improvement. Yeah. And so then you've been through it several times as we saw, you know, he joined yeah. a, a pretty cool club, you know, Michael and Chase having swept the IM events after yeah. the 400 is, is there much you need to do to prepare him for the 200? Or you're just like, good job. Keep going. Well, the first thing we had to do was learn an important lesson, which is you don't go in the mix zone for an hour after the 400 IM and not come out. You get three minutes. So the French got educated. I had to, you know, step into stern Bob mode and say, okay, come on now. Uh, <laughs> once we got past that, it was easy. He was ready to go, but he had two fly coming up. Right. And the, the next thing that we wanted to look at in that meet was his double of two fly two IM, which was going to come up, right. He's going to end up doing the, uh, final of the two fly and the 200 IM semi was right after. So, um, that was kind of the next challenge and he was really up for it and he handled it beautifully. Um, it was as good as any double Michael ever did, right? Went 153.3, came back from 155, uh, pretty short in between. We were able to manage everything in between exactly the way I wanted to. Uh, his lactate readings were just perfect on both of them. And that was the, the best part about this thing was, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of altitude training, but I think it should be done a certain way. And we're doing it to get a metabolic effect, not to kind of change up our venue or anything like that. We're going to get a very specific metabolic effect. And we're there at a certain time before the meet. We come down a certain amount of time, days before the meet. We want to see certain things in training. And it was just right there every time we did the blood testing at the meet. It was insane. Actually, on a higher level than Michael on some things. It was So we know that that worked. Um, so we'll try to keep doing that as much as we can. Uh, so we got a lot out of that, but I, I was, it was just kind of fun for me to kind of have somebody swimming that on that high level and do the double and kind of handle that really well. I thought that was good. And then the two, I am final. He just kind of went for it. Still some things he can do. I, when I say he went for it, he did the one thing that he'll do that we're going to work on is if he wants to improve something like free, he'll back off the butterfly. I'm like, dude. You're second in the world in butterfly. You don't get beat by three people going out in the 200. I, you know what I mean? Go for it. He's like, well, I wanted to finish really well. I'm like, yeah, well, you did, but you only went 155, whatever, instead of 54, maybe, you know? So he's still learning, but uh, solid swims all around. You can't fault him for that. Uh, maybe maybe it'll be by him. Maybe it'll be yeah. by someone else. It feels yeah. like the the world is kind of finally catching up in that event particularly yeah what do you what do you think it takes to for that for someone to go 153 in the 200 im um a hell of a breaststroke right it's gonna be a really good because that's their upper area leon's area of opportunity is breaststroke right i go 31 in breast right you know that would probably put him in the the realm um you're gonna have to have really good transitions underwaters and you really can't have a weak stroke, right? That's that's the deal. So that's what it's going to take. I, I mean, I think we've seen people with the speed to do it. You have to have the endurance to do it as well. So those are all factors. So uh, I think it's going to be from somebody who does a 400 IM. That's just my – I always feel like it's easier to come down to it than to go up to it. That especially long course, I would think. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. yeah like sure, you said, yeah. that endurance piece is, is a big factor. Um, that's interesting that you say breaststroke is his biggest opportunity though. 
Because um, so, he already but, does it, yeah. I mean, I yeah, think he right. can get so much better. He can get so much better in brushwork. We only found it. Um, you'll also like this one. I told you I was uh, kind of just trying things out all fall, right? So he's on a pretty balanced program. Some days we do some backstroke, some days block fly, some days free. I, you know, just kind of mixing it up and nothing, not really too heavily leaning on any aspect, just trying to figure out what he did well in practice, you know, and those kind of things. Um, the main thing we found out was he could kick underwater, which we really had no idea. And then he got really good at that, right? So we kind of did focus on that once we knew. But I was, you know, had seen him do some breaststroke in practice and not like, but not great. Just, okay, you know, pretty good. Like, I, I think the best thing he did in practice breaststroke was you guys put up that set Eddie did where they did four 100s on a minute free and then 650 stroke. You do it like three times. Anyway, I just did it, right? And he did breaststroke, and on 50 seconds, he averaged 28, which I thought was pretty good. But I didn't think it was, like, otherworldly, right? People swim fast in practice. Um, but in January, we were kind of doing our Thursday morning practice, which is long course. We have a single on Thursdays, 10 o'clock. And I wanted to do something suited and fast just because kind of needed to do that. And I was like, you know, it would be pretty good for Leon to do some breaststroke. And I, so they suited up, warmed up on their own. They suited up and the set was very, you know, ingenious. It was a 150 from a dive, a hundred from a dive and a 50 from a dive with like, you know, rest, 10 minutes rest in between or whatever, as much as they needed to kind of work through the group. Genius. And yeah, it was incredible. Um, <laughs> but on the 150, he was 135.3. Figure that out. And it was kind of like, I remember I'm standing there timing him and Keenan Robinson was there because he was visiting Haley, you know, and national team people. And he was there for that practice. And I was like, Keenan, this kid is hauling right now. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And he did that. So I'm like, all right. In the 100, he was 008. And in the 50, he was like, I don't know, 28-0 or 27-something. Not, you know, not great, but he didn't have a lot of 50 speed. Um, so after that, I was like, hmm, in this dual meet with Cal, we're coming up. He's going to do a two breaths because he hadn't even done one. And he went 154 in a brief, 154.0, and he raced Reese, you know, really good race. I think he outtouched him. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to do breaststroke now. But that's kind of how it happened. It wasn't like he just came in and was amazing at breaststroke. We just started to then focus on it. And I think long course, he just has a lot more to go because we didn't really have time to put a lot of preparation in the breaststroke in a long course perspective. So I think he could really improve that. Yeah, that, that is that is surprising. Did not see that one coming, <laughs> especially now that he is an NCAA champion. It, exactly. After that, I'm like, yeah, I think he's probably pretty good at breaststroke. We should do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so moving forward, I guess, yeah. obviously – He's got a home Olympics coming up in two years. He does. How and and obviously you've got a lot of time to shoot, you know, to to narrow down things and to have a plan before then. But yeah. event wise, you know, what are you thinking? Do you think his ceiling in Paris is, is four golds or, or five golds? Uh, that we won't get into, but I think he can swim 
I don't know how many events he could swim. The, what we did, the new Olympic program alleviated the double of two IM and two fly, but it created one of two fly and two breast, which I guess there aren't that many people that do two fly and two breast. So that's going to be probably a binary choice, two fly or two breast. Uh, they're just right together and they're, you know, prelims are together, semis are together, and the finals are really, I think, close together. So I'm not sure that's a, a thing. We have, we're all, we're kind of preliminarily looking at it. The 4IM is like, you know, by itself, nice. 200IM is by itself nicely. Um, and other than that, we just have to kind of look at what we're going to do on the others. But I think he can swim. He'll be competitive in some events. Do you think there's potential for him to be on relays, on France relays? No, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He kind of didn't do that well in the relays that they put him on. It. The I was a little bit disappointed. We go back to his freestyle. I think he did he got like 48 148 on their relay i think which is like okay come on we're, that's not you're way better than that so we're going to work on that so i think he'll end up on that one and definitely end up on medley i think some in some capacity yeah gotcha yeah i was, I was like with stroke Fly breast. We'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see gotcha um it might be my my backstroker this year who knows <laughs> 400 medley we're trying to figure that one out. Interesting. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep our eyes open on that yeah, one. You never know. You never know. He kicks really well underwater, so that's a big part of it. Right. Yeah. Luca broke the you know yeah. fastest hunter backstroker in history, and <laughs> he was you know only swam forty yards of backstroke. Exactly. Um. So so speaking of the the college season, just moving forward uh, into yeah. this 2022-23 season. What, give me the ASU update. You know, what are you guys looking forward to about this season? How are you going to build on last year's success? Um, we're looking really forward to our freshmen coming in as we, most people are, but we have great class coming in. You can, people can look it up on swim, swim, up, start naming people and forget people, but you know, very solid that way. We're not losing that much on NC2A level point wise. Uh, so I feel like we can keep that going. We have diving back men and women full force. So that's a plus for us. Let's go. Right. I did not cut diving. Just for the record, everybody out there. For the record. Did just... not do it. Brought it back. Revived it, I guess. Revived it. Um, so we're excited about that. We got a great schedule. We're going to start our season out in Athens, Georgia, coincidentally. Swim in Georgia. We'll be out there. Uh, we have Wisconsin at home, so we have, and plus our Pac-12 dual meets, so we have a really good schedule this year. So I'm excited about all that. Um, but I do think both teams can significantly move forward. I think the women will take a bigger step. I hope this year. So we're looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, Bob, yeah. I I appreciate you taking the time as always. Uh, it's it's great catching up with you. Any parting thoughts before we sign off today? No, just thanks for having me. Good luck to everybody this year. It's a great time of year, right? Everybody's feeling good, optimistic, so enjoy it. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.